It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing all right. What's up, man? Not too much. A little bit of a slow news time as far as the Titans are concerned. But we've got a few things we're going to talk about, uh, including the Steve McNair podcast that SI has started. Um, I'll give you my thoughts on that. And we did a couple of news items, and then at the end we'll kind of check in around the AFC South and see how those teams are, are doing. Before we do that, I remind you that we're at FromUCMiracles.com. We're here with Titans for SB Nation. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at J. Morris MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search out Locked On Titans, and you will find us there. All right, so in case you haven't heard or haven't seen anything about it yet, um, SI has been doing a, I guess, true crime type deal, um, Fall of the Titan. It's about Steve McNair's murder. Um, and, I mean, before, before I get into this, i I, I got to be honest up front. There are very few, or uh, at least I think, there are very few things that I'm just irrational about. And, but one of the things that I am irrational about is my love for Steve McNair. Um, I think, you know, he was, so when the Titans came here, when the Titans became the Titans in 1999, uh, I was a senior in high school. And so, really, Steve McNair, I mean, if you were around for that, um, you know just the, the legend around him. Um, I, th- I think he was probably, like, my last, like, sports hero. You know, you get to a point in your life where th- these guys are not really your heroes anymore. Um, but, so, I mean, I, I think McNair was kind of the end of that for me. And, like I said, it was just, you know, it was just such a magical thing when they came here and they were so good, you know, went to Super Bowl that first year, all, all that stuff. So, he always has kind of held um, – I guess a special place in my heart, so to speak. And, um, you know, when, when I heard that he had had been murdered, um, I mean, that was like, like I was sad and I don't don't get sad about celebrity deaths very often, but that was one that like actually like legitimately made me sad. So just understand all of that, where I'm coming from before we start in on this. Okay. So they've done two episodes of this show so far. The first episode was all around Vincent Hill, who, again, if you're not familiar with the case, um, McNair was shot four times. Uh, When they found him, one of his mistresses was at his feet um, with a single gunshot wound to her head. Um, The police in Nashville ruled it a murder-suicide fairly quickly. It it, it seemed like a a pretty open-and-shut case. Um, But Vincent Hill is this guy who is a quote-unquote private detective. Um, has been was was a national police officer, and then basically, I mean, you can go read, but basically, like he he did a couple things that were you know not not good police work, and then left the national police force because his daughter moved back here or something. But anyway, then tried to get back on, and they denied him. Okay, and Ronald Surpass, who I don't know if he's still the police chief in Nashville, but he was at the time of McNair's murder, and he was the one that you know wouldn't let Vincent Hill back on the police force. Okay, so Vincent Hill absolutely has an axe to grind with the National Police Force. Let's be clear about that up front. He 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 says he doesn't like him, but he says he doesn't have an axe. But he absolutely does have an axe to grind. He's been banging this drum from the beginning that Sahil Kazemi did not do it. All right. Now listen, I understand um, from the perspective of the way that McNair was killed: a shot in each temple, two shots to the chest. I mean, basically executed. That seems like a bit much. That's the only thing that's ever given me pause about this whole thing, about her doing it. But there's never been any evidence that's been uncovered that points to anything other than what the police ruled it to be. All right? 
There's also a rumor out there, and I'm not going to – I'm not even going to speak of what the rumor is. If you listen to the podcast, you know what it is. If you listen to the, to the McNair thing, you know what it is. Um, I think it's ridiculous that Sports Illustrated, who is a credible media outlet, is running with this um, when it's something that's never been corroborated by anybody that has any information about this. About this, Other than, you know, Vincent Hill says he heard it from people in the police department. Nobody else has ever said it. Uh, they've got the corner coming on in a future episode. Um, the corner, maybe you know, whatever they they would know, right? But we don't anyway. So it's just ridiculous to me that that a legitimate news outlet is running with that. There's been no new evidence. Only only thing they're doing is retreading the same stuff that Vincent Hill has been saying since day one. And there's and there's nothing new in it. And then in the episode that that came out today, you've got this professor uh, from Alcorn State. His, his name is escaping me right now. I'll, I'll get it in a minute. But um, that, you know, is, is really close with the McNair family. I do not deny that he's close to the McNair family. He, he probably is. That, that's fantastic. But at the same time, he has no knowledge of Kazemi. Jenny Kazemi is, is, is you know, what, what they call her. Um, no knowledge of her. No knowledge of, of her relationship with Steve McNair. No knowledge of whether or not she committed the crime. He doesn't think that she did, but he doesn't think that she did just because he doesn't think so. Like, and I don't understand how that qualifies as anything other than, I mean, just this dude, this random dude's theory that, yes, he's close with the McNairs, but he has no knowledge of the case. He's bringing nothing new to the table. So, so far in two episodes, they've trotted out a guy that was, you know, basically kicked off the police force. They've trotted out a professor at Alcorn State who, and again, I'll, I'll look up his name here in just a sec, but basically, you know, got run out of Alcorn State for some very bad stuff. And they brought no new evidence. They just say, hey, we don't think that this is how it went down. So I, I'm having trouble at this point understanding really what the point is of the podcast. And I got into it on Twitter today with a guy that is somehow related to the podcast, uh, the, the McNair one, and saying, well, you don't care about the afterlife of the story. Well, that, that's not necessarily true, but I just don't understand why we're running something through the mud like this when there's absolutely no evidence to corroborate what we're talking about. Yeah, it seems like you're you're reopening this wound here, and like you're saying, without much much new uh, being brought to the table here. So I don't know if you're gonna do a story like this, uh, and you got anything new, don't you think you'd lead off with that or, or something? You know, it's just I realize it's a series, and, and they're gonna get to I'm assuming something. Uh, I, I don't know, like, like you like you're saying, they're just kind of dredging up the rumor mill here. And it's it's funny that the narrator of the podcast just kind of says uh, about Vincent Hill, he's like, I don't know if I can trust this guy. You know, he's just kind of discrediting him, and and he says, but he's all I've got right now. So the whole thing just seems seems a little bizarre. Uh, the, I, I just I don't know. It's something that you need to probably let lie because uh, you know they're, they're talking about the entire Nashville police force, and, and you know big conspiracy theory here so it's starting to sound a little tinfoil hat to me uh it's probably something that should just be left alone but maybe uh, maybe something comes out of it in the in the later episodes but uh so far uh not much being new being brought to the table yeah and so that guy's name is alvin simpson that's the guy at uh at alcorn state doc simpson just go google that go google his name and you'll see what I'm talking about as far as his issues that he had later on. Um, 
Yeah, and, and I remember, so back when this happened, uh, it was back when August West and I were doing MCM radio. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's been a long time ago. And I remember him talking about, like, yeah, you know, Florio was running with all these conspiracy theories back then at the time, and and I remember August just going into the like, you know, these these kung fu ninjas that broke in, and you know, it was just like anything, like it's just ridiculous stuff people were coming up with, and like, and listen, I'm by no means a gun expert, but you know, one of their one of Vincent Hill, Vincent Hill, who was a who was a police officer, right? One of his theories to why Kazemi couldn't have done it was because it was with a nine millimeter, and she's a small girl, she couldn't handle a nine millimeter. Well, it's not a forty-five. Like I don't understand how. Like that's not a gun that like a, a girl can't handle. You know, I mean, it's just like the the stuff that. Again, if there's something new, if you've got something, fine. Like you know, and listen, if 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 what the, if what they said happened is not what really happened, like McNair's family deserves to know the truth. And and if somebody else killed him, that person needs to be in jail. Like absolutely, all that stuff is true. But right now, you're you're not doing anything besides sensationalizing a story that was already plenty sensationalized, and you know all, all the stuff that we learned about with Stephen Air and, and and you know the, the affairs and all that kind of stuff, which is whatever. I mean, it is what it is. But like, I, I don't know. I just don't I, I don't. I don't get the point yet of what's going on here. And and you know, the next episode, they're going to talk to all of Jenny Kazemi's friends, and they're going to say, "Oh, she was so nice. She couldn't have done this." Like all, all this stuff that like. Again, it's fine, whatever, but, like, of course her friends are going to say that, and they don't have any evidence to prove that she didn't do it. So it's just, I don't know. The whole thing's confusing to me. I, I just got done listening to the Ray Carruth podcast that the Charlotte Observer did. It's just called Carruth. If you, if you haven't listened to it, you should go listen to it. It's really, really good. Like, it tells a really good story, gives you the background of the case. You learn so much about, um, you know, the, the, the girl that he had killed, about his son that has, you know, the, the severe brain damage, cerebral palsy. I mean, brings a, a lot of like attention and light to all that, and the and the grandmother that's raising him, and all that kind of stuff. Like, it was a really good story, really, really well told, dealt in fact based things. And I, I just don't, again, I just don't get the point here. Um, so, I don't know. Like I said, maybe, maybe something else comes up later. But I would think that if they had, I don't know, if they had something, you would think, like you said, they would lead off with it. And I, I, I listened to a, a few minutes of the first episode or it was pretty much into the first episode and they, they they ran with this rumor and i was like okay i'm not listening anymore but i, I can't not listen for whatever reason but uh i don't know i just it, it's it's been driving me crazy and i i just said I, I was i was kind of firing some stuff off on twitter this morning but it was too much really to get into on twitter so that's kind of my uh two cents on that anything else that you want to add there do you feel better? <laughs> I, I do. I feel a little bit better. Um, You've been talking I, like about I said, this all day. I, I, was, I have. I was interested to hear your take because I was, I, I was, uh, I think I was 16 at the time. So, yeah. you know, I was a Titans fan, but just not into the hard news cycle of it. So you obviously know a lot more and remember a lot more about it than I do. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember where I was when, when I got the news. Uh, I had messages on my phone from my dad from August West and, and old G. Ramsey. So um, I remember that. We were on a boat because it's the 4th of July. So anyway, it was, um, yeah, it's something I'll never forget. But like I said, I just, and, you know, his family's been through enough and all that stuff. And, and you know, I don't know. It, it's There have been plenty of things that have happened that have been, you know, surrounding that since then. So I don't really, I just, like I said, if there's something new, great, whatever. But until then, I just think they're just kind of drudging something up and there's not really a point other than to, you know, get people to download a podcast and we're going to make it as sensational as we can. Unfortunately, that's kind of the world we live in today. So anyway, all right. So like I said, that was that was my however many minutes on that. 
Um, I do feel a little bit better getting it off my chest. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about just a couple of newsy things that have happened over the last couple of days. Before we do that, we're going to tell you about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats has been sponsoring the podcast for a little bit here, and we appreciate them doing that. Uh, you want to get to a Titans game, uh, you want to get to a concert, uh, a, a theater show, whatever it is, Vivid Seats is the best place to do that. Um, whether it's trying to get to see your favorite team, your best, con- your, your favorite concert, whatever it is, Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert or show or sporting event of your, of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section or in row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off of $200 or more, saving more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off of $200 or $200 or more as a new customer to Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest games and concerts to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter the promo code Locked On for $20 off of $200 or more as a new customer to Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get in, get to your favorite live event. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. So throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging, with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so a couple things. Like I said, newsworthy. Uh, the Titans-Redskins game is now going to be December 22nd at 3 o'clock. Um, we were talking a little bit, you know, for the longest time, the Titans played at noon on CBS. I mean, you could set your clock by it, right? They weren't very good. Um, so they didn't get any, they didn't get flexed in any, you know, Sunday night games. They didn't get very many Monday night games. Um, this year, they probably have less noon kickoffs than they have in, I mean, in recent memory uh, since, since I can remember being here. You've got the two Monday night games, obviously, next week in Dallas. You've got one in Houston. You have a Thursday night game. Everybody has one of those against the Jaguars. Uh, you know, you had this past weekend, you had the London game that kicked off at 830. Um, and then I think there's already at least one more game. I think the Jets game is at 3 o'clock. So, you know, coming off of, I guess, coming off of a, of a playoff season when they won a playoff game, you get a little bit more uh, in the national, you, you know, view when you get kind of more of those island games, or at least less games uh, that, that you're competing against. But you know, it'd be nice to see the Titans show up a little bit, continue, you know, the success that they had last year, so that they kind of get to stay in these spots. Yeah, it's a it's a double header that day, that Saturday. You know, college football's done, um, December twenty second. You know, those, those games are always fun to me. Um, playing regular season games on on Thursday uh, on Saturdays, excuse me. Uh, you know, you're always I, at least for me, I'm always at one of my thousand Christmases trying to watch yeah. through uh, opening presents and all that. So, uh, Redskins, Titans, and then after that, you've got Ravens, Chargers. So, uh, the second matchup for sure uh, could be you know jockeying for some some playoff seating there. 
Um, you hope the Titans are still in it to that point. I don't, I don't know how confident you feel um, at this point, but the Redskins are another team. Uh, their division's terrible, and they can be in it too. So two pretty interesting games uh, being played over what, what should be a holiday weekend. Yeah, and you know, I think the the Redskins have been better, maybe than most people have expected them to be. Their defense has played a little bit better in the last couple of weeks. Uh, they, they really struggled against the run early in the season, but they've gotten a little bit better. So, um, yeah, it, it could be a game with with like you said, uh, two teams battling for playoff position. But we hope the Titans are at least still in the mix. And again, I, I think the the more that we see, the more that we figure the the Titans are going to have to win the AFC South to get in. Um, there was a time where we thought we might get multiple teams from the AFC South, and I don't think that's the case anymore. I think you're going to get one team, and it's whoever wins the division. Um, so anyway, I, I don't know. That, that's but like I said, it's just good to to get some different games in different time slots, like you said, and you, you try to you know watch their different things. But um, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, the other like Titans ish news thing: Rashard Matthews signed with the Jets uh, earlier this week. I don't think we ever we talked about that on a show. But, you know, interesting that the Jets play the Titans in Nashville on December 2nd. Um, so you'll have that revenge narrative going on there. Uh, you know, a, a week after Richard Matthews said that nobody would sign him because, you know, he didn't come out for the National Anthem last year, even though I think nobody wanted to sign him because he, you know, tried to force his way out in Miami and then quit on the Titans. I think that's more of the reason that nobody wanted to sign him. I mean, a guy that's a talented player, and I think if he's healthy, he can probably still play. He was good last year. Uh, we didn't get to see much from him here this year just because he was hurt. And then by the time he got healthy enough to be out there, he was pretty much trying to trying to get out the door. So, um, I don't know. I mean, he'll he'll help them, like I said, if he's healthy. Yeah, that guy's the worst. I, I mean, a week ago he comes out with a sob story. No one's going to sign me, you know, over the anthem crab. And then a week later he signed with the, with the Jets. So, uh, you know, we talked about it. We talked about it a lot, how, how terrible the receiver market is. At the end of the day, teams don't really care about the anthem stuff. Uh, they care about winning football games. Um, so uh, he walks into a, a, a pretty good situation uh, for him. Uh, to, no more Terrell Pryor. Um, Quincy Enumwa is, is out uh, for the foreseeable future. Robbie Anderson's banged up too. So he walks in. He, he might be a, a legit number two, number three option. Uh, for Sam Darnold and the Jets, who are, who are trying to get their quarterback going and off the ground, so uh, if he wanted more playing time, uh, he somehow got it. And I don't, I don't really like how he went about it, going and quitting the football team. But uh, somehow he fell upwards, at least into a, a better situation for his personal numbers. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what he cared about and what he wanted. So, uh, like you said, congratulations to him. I guess we're getting that. Um, and hopefully he, hopefully the Titans can shut him out or something and not uh, have to deal with any of that stuff. But, uh, it, you know, and so there was a, another trade today. Uh, the, the Giants traded Snacks Harrison. Um, so, you know, you, you've got some movement in this trade market. Um, we'll, we'll see if the Titans are going to do anything. Uh, I, I think they really need to. I think they, when we talked about this a little bit last week, they, I think they'll regret it if they don't. But we're kind of getting to the point, you know, with the bye week here, I think the trade deadline is, what, Tuesday. So um, if they don't make a move in the next couple of days, I mean, maybe they still do. You know, the U.S. thing, right, the deadline spur action. So they, they could do something beginning of next week. But it seems like these next couple of days would kind of be the prime spot for them to do something if they were going to do it. Because if you've got a guy that you're targeting, 
you want to get him before he plays on Sunday or Monday or you know whenever his team plays this weekend. Just be, you don't want to see a guy that you that, that could possibly get hurt or whatever. So you would think that they would try to make something happen in the next couple of days. Yeah, really. I thought today was the day. It's Wednesday at ten at night. We're recording this. And I thought today was the day they'd make a move if they were going to just to kind of get him in, get him inside the system, uh, just start to get him up to speed. It didn't happen today, so I'll hold out hope uh, for one more day. But you know, if you don't make a make a move in the bye week, it's hard to imagine them making a move next week at the deadline when you've got this added time. So it doesn't make much sense much much sense to me. Uh, but going back to the Giants, I, I love what they did. You know, they're they're terrible. They know they're terrible. Um, they got a first year head coach. They're not going anywhere this year. Why not trade some players? You know, take take the baseball approach. Go get a free fifth round pick. Uh, so I've always wondered why teams don't do that more. Uh, I guess it, it's the compensation picks uh, that you're awarded, but it, I, I don't. I, it seems like we're in for a active trade deadline here, and I, I love some of the early moves that we've already seen. Yeah, and that's fun. It's fun. I mean, the, the baseball deadline is always fun to follow, and if we get something similar to that uh, this year, and we saw a lot of activity before the draft and all that kind of stuff, so. Um, when we've seen multiple people say that it's going to be an active one. So we'll keep an eye on, hopefully, again, the Titans, whether it be a, a receiver or even a tight end. I think they come in and help them. So we'll kind of see how that goes. All right, finish up. We will talk about uh, the AFC South, kind of check in on the other teams in the division. Before we do that, we are going to talk about Trevor's favorite product, Blue Chew. Uh, we've told you about this before. Uh, BlueChew.com is your place to go. Um, if you need a little bit extra in the bedroom, you can check out BlueChew.com, and they're going to bring you a chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Take them any time, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your, your door in a, in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special co- promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, so as of right now, the Titans are, you know, still in first in the division. Uh, you've got three teams at uh, three and four, with the Titans, Texans, and Jaguars all right there. Now the Texans play uh, Thursday night, tomorrow night against the Dolphins. The Jaguars play in London. Who, uh, do you remember who they're playing? I don't. I don't either. Um, <laughs> Jaguars are in London against somebody, and the Colts play the Raiders. So odds are the Titans – I mean, I think the Texans probably beat the Dolphins tomorrow night. Um, so odds are the Titans will not be in first anymore uh, when they get back on the field next Monday night. Uh, but checking in, you know, listen, the, the Jaguars have become a disaster. Um, they, they've got all kinds of issues down there. You know, they, they benched Blake Bortles on Sunday. They're going back to him this Sunday. But they, you know, there was apparently a lot of yelling and screaming in the locker room after the game. Their defense that was so, you know, has so much talent on it, so vaunted last year, has, has given up a bunch of a bunch of points over the last few weeks, and so things are just kind of seem to be falling apart there. So, I mean, I think that 
at least defensively, they're still the most talented team in the division. Um, but we've said all along that, you know, the, the biggest mistake they've made is, is not finding an upgrade over Blake Bortles. Um, so it looks like that's coming back to haunt him a little bit. And again, when you're going to play with that type of, that type of, you know, game plan or whatever, um, you, you, you don't have much margin for error on the defense side of the ball. And, you know, in today's NFL, it's just hard to be that perfect on defense all the time. Yeah, Jaguars get the Eagles. And, and the Eagles, there you go. Uh, so tough matchup there, uh, considering where their defense is at. And it's just funny how, how quickly things change in the NFL. We talk about that a lot. Uh, just how, how does that defense go from that good um, to playing as poorly as they have over the last couple of weeks? I, I guess not sustaining drives and a bunch of turnovers from Blake Bortles will eventually catch up with you. Uh, yeah, the, the injury to Leonard Fournette is interesting because you know you take that guy top five, uh, and, and he really, outside of a couple of, of, of great games, uh, hadn't done a whole lot for you. Uh, the hamstring injury has, has kept him on the sidelines, and, and you know that's what that's that was the book on him coming out of LSU, and they still took him with the top five pick. So that that was bizarre to me. Um, they really messed up there. They've gotten pretty good production out of T.J. Yelton. Uh, in the backfield, so uh, just just not a lot of good there. Um, you know, if you look around, not a lot of good in the AFC South. So suddenly, um, a, what looked like a struggling Texans team might just have the best shot to take on this division. Yeah, never mind. I lied there. The, the Texans are four and three. I don't know what I was looking at earlier. The Texans are four and three, so they're in first. Um, but yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, and the Texans, look, we saw them. Their defense has been playing better of late. Um, J.J. Watt's kind of running back into form. We knew they had plenty of talent on that side of the ball as well, at least in the front. Their, their secondary's not very good. But the thing that's going to get them is that offensive line. I mean, they, they're going to get Deshaun Watson killed. You know, he already, like last week, when they went to Jack- Jacksonville to play, they sent Deshaun Watson on a bus because they were afraid he got, you know, like a bruised lung or whatever. And they were afraid with, with the, the pressurizing, you know, or deep whatever on the, on the airplane. So they sent him on a bus. So he's already a little bit banged up. And just uh, their downfall is going to be that offensive line. Um, they, they've got plenty of talent on defense. They've got plenty of talent uh, at the, you know, the receiving position. But they've got the other issues there. And the Colts, you know, um, we know Andrew Luck. Andrew looks good. Uh, that offense, I think, is is kind of coming on. They're they're throwing the ball a bunch. They, Marlon Mack has emerged as, as their lead back down there, and he's a talented player. Just kind of been banged up his first you know year plus in the league. Um, and their defense is better than you know I, we thought it was going to be like terrible, like one of the worst in the league coming in. And they've been serviceable. So I think I, really, I think at the end of the day, you've got four teams that are around 500 teams, right? I mean, you're, you're going to finish somewhere between 7 and 9 and, and 10 and 6. I mean, to me, though, they're all, you know, really close to being the same. Um, and so, again, that just, to me, you know, a couple of these games, like the Bills game, um, when, when you have such a thin margin for error, I just feel like we're really going to look back on that game and regret that loss because I, I think the division is going to be that close. And when you got a game like that that you really should win and you let slip away, it can really come back to haunt you. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like we said, the, the schedule lets up a lot for the Titans coming up, so that's good. Um, I, I just I, I struggle to separate any of these teams. Um, I, I I don't buy that Jacksonville and that defense aren't going to figure it out. Uh, you know, maybe they maybe they finally see the light and bench Blake Portals. Uh, they took a step towards that playing Cody Kessler uh, this weekend. So um, 
I guess I'm probably the furthest down on Indy because Andrew Luck is doing a ton uh, on the offensive side, and they're still losing ball games. They gave up 42 to the Jets, uh, 37 to the Texans. So that, that defense uh, started decent, but has has had a couple bad games, and they're starting to show their true colors here. So. I don't know how long Andrew Luck can keep that up. I don't know how long Deshaun Watson can keep that up. Like you said, I saw a stat. I don't have it in front of me, but it, it wasn't even close. Deshaun Watson is on the ground more than any quarterback in the league. Um, so you talk about Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, their rookie receiver, Kiki Kuti. Um, those guys are getting down the field, but Deshaun Watson isn't able to stand upright in the pocket, so that creates a problem, obviously, for the offense. So. A lot of flawed teams in this division. It's going to be really fun to see who can come out on top. Yeah, and like I said, you know, with everything that has gone wrong, the Titans are by no means out of it in the division. And so if, if they can if they can fix a couple things, if they can get the offense at least to where everybody's on the same page and rolling and, and find some consistency there, then they've got as good of a chance as anybody else. So anyway, that'll do it for tonight. Um we got Dubai coming this weekend, so no Titans football. But we'll be back next week uh, getting you ready for the Cowboys game. In the meantime, check out MusicMiracles.com. We'll have a ton of stuff going up there, uh, film reviews around the league, all that kind of stuff. So check that out. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. Again, search out Locked on Titans. Rate and review us if you would. We'd appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening to Locked on Titans, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.